Are you ready for the most ridiculous internet sports show you have ever seen? Welcome to React, home of the most outrageous and hilarious videos the web has to offer. So join me, Rocky Theus, and my co-host, Raiders Pro Bowl defensive end, Max Crosby, as we invite your favorite athletes, celebrities, influencers, entertainers in for an episode of games, laughs, and of course, the funniest reactions to the wildest web clips out there. Catch Reacts on YouTube, and that is Reacts, R-E-A-X-X. Don't miss it. My good buddy Thomas Drans. Thomas, what's going on, buddy? Nice to be hanging out inside with you. And and if Wallace makes a special appearance, that's my dog. Uh, so be it. He might uh, he might bark here and there. But he's got good takes. Like he was really really surprised by what the Minnesota Wild did today. <laughs> he wouldn't shut up about it. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be hearing. He's like from those him buyouts are rough. <laughs> all, right, all right, I was gonna do. A- <laughs> I, I was going to do a big intro for you um, where I teed you up as the man whose trade deadline appearance in the PDO cast still has people talking. About Maxime Mammon? Maxime Mammon, a, a three-way involving Mike Hoffman with salary retention involved. There, yeah. was, there was a lot of stuff going on there. I, I, did, I did predict the triple retentions, though, right? Like the double retentions. I was all over that. You were an early adopter. I was of an the early double adopter, retention. for sure. Yeah. So... I actually, this week, um, well, so first off, I was a bit rocked. One, one, I always tell people to leave ratings and reviews for the PDO cast, mm-hmm. and they're generally very positive, really have the best listeners in the yeah. world. But one one person, TML708, left the most recent review. He said, best hockey podcast around, four stars only because of a rather erratic upload schedule, which is fair, because yeah. sometimes I'll go two weeks without a show, and then I'll just do like three straight days. Right. And uh, I guess that's what happens when I'm I'm uh, kind of answer to only myself yep. in terms of uh, posting. But I did a show yesterday. We did a, a deep dive on the Duncan Keith trade, and now we're doing another one back to back days. So there you go, TML seven oh eight. We're gonna do multiple shows back to back, and it, it's it's such a crazy time of year, right? Because I remember you and I have spent the past couple months. We we take our puppies for trail walks. Yeah, we're in the forest. We're pitching trade ideas to and, each and other, they're, and they're like straight up degenerate trade ideas oh we'll 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 leave the uh the ross colton alex bar barre boulet double offer sheet for later on in the show it is coming but um the reason why i brought that up was i I feel like you and i were sort of preparing ourselves especially throughout the postseason we were talking okay we think there's going to be fireworks there's going to be a lot of movement we're expecting a lot of news teams especially in this week leading up to the expansion draft are gonna are gonna feel um you know some sort of a strain to kind of avoid what happened last time with Vegas in terms of like gift wrapping them assets. And so they'll kind of like, uh, cut their own nose off to spite their face. Yep. And, and, and it's like, I'd rather, I don't care if I'd make my team worse, but I'm not going to get embarrassed by this expansion team right. again. Right. And so I think we're going to see a lot more moves between now and the expansion draft or, or just this off season in general, in terms of teams trying to move the the pieces around and whatnot. But we saw that with the Minnesota wild. And that's what we're going to talk about mostly right. here today. So we've now, we've now seen like an expansion, or protected list related trade with Arvidsson, right? Yep. That, that 
Nashville Predators got out well ahead of the market to make that deal. And you'd think that on the surface, what, they got a second and a third and a future third. Like, you'd think that obviously he has injury concerns. He didn't score a lot of goals the past year and a half or whatever. But you'd think that in, an, in a regular world, a player of his caliber with his contract it's, it's would It's a sense on the dollar that. return. Like, yes. we can dance around it. But yeah. that's a low, low price. A low, low acquisition cost for Victor Arvidsson in my book. And then now we have some expansion or protected list related buyouts. Although I do think what's going on with Ryan Suter and Zach Parise is complicated. There's a lot of factors at play here. Um, and, and I think that's very clear. Like you don't make a move this dramatic if it's not partly cultural, right? Like, you know, the Minnesota Wild sort of turned a corner this year. They have obvious, obvious protection issues, They've got this new, exciting group of players. They signed Yolek Eriksson Act to an eight-year deal, right? Like, they clearly have their guys. Garen has his guys, the guys who are doing it the right way for him, and it's sort of a new guard. It's not Ryan Suter and, and Zach Parise anymore, who've been the face of the wild for nine years. Yep. Um, so I do think part of this is turning the page. I think that's been a, at the center of a lot that Bill Garen has done to this point. I, I think clearly the recapture liability is a big part of it too, right? If those guys were to retire over their remaining four years of term, the Minnesota Wild were staring down the barrel of something that would have fundamentally, like, 14 million in dead space for multiple years when Kaprizov's in his mid-20s, not ideal, but, like, 25 million <laughs> in shared dead cap space for one year? Like, that that's the type of penalty that can fundamentally inhibit your ability to operate. Like, that's an existential threat that they were facing. I don't think you can divorce this move from that. And then, of course, now you get to keep Matt Dumba, right? Now now there's a variety of other things that open up as a result of these moves. So this is a more complicated one than just being expansion motivated. But clearly, the expansion draft did play a factor. I don't think it did with Duncan Keith, though, right? Like, the Keith trades, that's a D for a D. So that No, one, that, not... was, that was Ken Holland thinking that that was the right move to get his team over the hump. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm torn on this one. I know you've already done your Keith cast though. So, but uh, but to what extent does a GM like Ken Holland and an owner uh, look look at in Daryl Katz or Kate's? Excuse me. Look at thirty million in available cap space that you can carve out with buyouts of Koskinen and James Neal, and say that's an awful lot of money to spend there, Kenny. In in, in we haven't sold a ticket in fifteen months. And, you know, find some of that money anyway, where the this actual salary figure is an awful lot lower than that cap hit. Um, I'm really curious how big a factor that played in it, especially since there's no other way to make sense of the timing from Edmonton's perspective. Like that deal didn't have to be made this week, like it, on Monday. It could have. Well, and that's going to tie into the suitor yeah. stuff here. OK, let's let's break this down bit by bit. The reason why I want to do a full show on this was because sure. I do feel like from the expansion draft ramifications to the financials yep. to like just what's next for Minnesota, because I do think this opens up some interesting uh, player personnel or transactional options for them moving forward over the next year here. Let's start with this. And this is kind of an open-ended one, and you've already hinted at it. Why did the Wild choose to do it now? And I'm going to give you some numbers. Yeah. So it affords them quite a bit of interesting financial flexibility for next season. I'm not. Mm -hmm. I don't think this is necessarily motivated by that entirely. Yeah. But it's good timing because this is a huge off-season for them. They're kind of at this crossroads uh, organizationally. They already signed Joel Erickson X at an eight-year deal, which mm -hmm. was great value, tidy yeah. piece of business. They still have to sign Kevin Fiala and Kirill Kaprizov. And I was thinking about this. I was talking about this with someone in the league earlier. I can't remember the last time an RFA like Kirill Kaprizov had as much leverage 
as he does right now. No I'm not. Kidding. I really don't buy that he's just gonna go back to the KHL. It's, it just seems too crazy based on the season he just had and what we saw from him. But he does have that in his back pocket as an option, totally. and so he can kind of just like flaunt it over them. And at that point, it's like you basically have to just kind of succumb to a, a blank check in terms of like just take whatever you want because we can't afford for you to well, leave. And right how now. much does the pressure mount as we get closer and closer to training camp? Like. You know, he's not far. The KHL season starts in August. He's probably a week out from being able to take the ice with Ska. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and like, and like be photographed by Russian reporters being like Kaprizov skating. You know what I mean? And it's just him staying fit. Like it's, we'd never react that way if a guy in Oshawa skated with the generals. You know what I'm saying? But he's, he's like literally like a week out from being able to apply that type of media pressure on the wild. That's tough. Well, and there's, and there's also no, there's like, I guess there are some, but there's very few historical comps in the in the sense that it's a 24 year old RFA with one NHL season, which was a great season. Yeah, that season being. But then out. it's like, all right, like, <laughs> it's 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 a very tricky spot. But the reason I bring that up, so these two buyouts afford them 10.3 million in cap flexibility for this season, and it's kind of this like very short term uh, gain, long term pain situation mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah, they get this flexibility now. The following season, 22-23-23, million in dead cap charges. Yikes. The following year, 14.7, and the third year after that, 14.7, before it comes down to 1.7 in dead cap charges. And I'm curious for your take on this, because we've sort of seen some uh, kind of initial reporting or speculation. We've heard Gary Bettman talk about it, but it seems like generally the consensus is that we're not going to see the cap... Um, rise over the next couple of seasons at least years. at least at least not to a I significant degree years. so if it stays at 81.5 million that 14.7 represents 18 percent of their available cap resources Massive. on two players who are not playing on your team uh, uh, yeah i mean like i cover the vancouver canucks and you know Roussel. like i talk a lot about Roussel holtby erickson and Roussel holtby erickson and beagle plus the luongo recapture penalty that's 19.5 i call that you know almost 20 Five percent of your cap, like almost twenty percent right. of your cap space, uh, only only almost a quarter, and it's just like it kills you. It just kills you now. Now with it being actual dead money, like the one thing about all those contracts that I just listed, other than the Luongo recapture deal, you can do something with it. You might have to pay an awful, but like the problem with bought out money is, it's the stickiest thing you can have on your books. Like there, there's you can't move it, you can't problem solve with right. it, you can't sell it, you can't. Trade for an expensive LTI guy, like it's there, it's there, it's but, immovable. Okay, so this ties into and, and you uh, dealt with this. Oh, you you just mentioned it right now with the Luongo recapture penalty for the Canucks. Mm-hmm. Um, it it does tie into that because as soon if you're the Wild, as soon as you if you trade one of them while they're still in their current contract, you sort of lose. You become even more powerless to their whims of retiring oh. when they're making one million in 2023 or whatever. At which point you're facing the recapture penalty, and then because because that was that was that was a whole Luongo thing, right? <laughs> I know, I was like, I know. why are the Canucks not trying to acquire Luongo before he retires and do some sort of, uh, you know, totally. shenanigans where they don't allow this recapture penalty to happen? Instead, he just retires as a member of the Florida Panthers, right? And the Canucks are left with putting the bill. Yeah. And so if you trade one of these guys now, um, regardless of their cap hit, and no one's taking on that seven point five or whatever. Uh, they're making, I think they're supposed to make $6 million in real cash next next year as well. Mm. Um, you really become powerless to to them potentially retiring. And I, I you did mention, 
I think they amended the recapture penalties, right? But it's still brutal. It, it, I, I think it can't go over the actual cap. Hit. Okay, so they were... They, but, but it would be for a number of years to, right. to basically make up for all the benefit they gained. And, and yeah, totally. I still think... I mean, it was still punitive. It, it, they did amend it, and it is insane to me that yeah. when they amended it, they didn't get rid of recapture penalties, period. Like, we see the way that teams are making impossible decisions right now, and that's inevitable when you have when you impose a multi-year flat cap onto a system built around the concept yeah. of growth right and you impose it after teams have already made contractual decisions you know long-term financial decisions long-term contractual commitments based on the idea that the cap was going up to not have provided to not have provided relief in the form of eliminating recapture penalties or or at least a compliance buyout per team is insane. And and we're going to be feeling it in terms of boring gritty grinding off seasons for years to come. I, I really I really can't believe it. Uh, the recapture penalty remains it's insane. The single worst piece of sports administration in the history of North American professional sports and everyone involved in recommending it should be ashamed. Well, I remember this came up uh it's come up with Shea but it came up like was it two trade deadlines ago cuz mm-hmm. um we were talking about potentially the Islanders acquiring Parise and flipping them Andrew right. Ladd and trying to make that work. And then it came out that if Parise retired after that season, the Wild would be stuck with like a $19.5 million cap charge. And it's like... Yeah, you can't run. You, you can't literally run cannot team. feel the team. There, there was a point where Weber's would have been like 20 plus. Yeah. You know, and then and then you're right. They did amend it. And I, I think now it maxes out at their, like, at their, at their cap. cap okay. But... But you have it, to pay it off for years. It'll take until they basically um, give back all the benefit they gain in terms of the right. fluctuations. It's, and I mean, it's insane. It's based on an insane post hoc idea of cheating. It's not. It was not designed with reality in mind. It was designed with uh, short term leverage by self interested parties and also uh, punitive. Like the, it took advantage of every punitive bone in Gary Bettman's body. Truly, truly a disaster. One of the dumbest things we've ever seen designed. I don't know how anyone agreed to it. Yeah. All right. So we we talked about the financial <laughs> financial flexibility is a key part of this. Yeah. I want to save the expansion draft stuff because we're going to kind of lump that into other league wide sure. stuff. I have a question for you here that ties into this conversation. Does this set of transactions, the two buyouts, and what I just said, freeing up the ten million in cap space for this coming season, but then having those future dead cap charges looming, does it make it more or less likely that Minnesota Wilder in on Jack Eichel? I mean, I say more. I say more because it frees up their short-term cap space. And well, it literally creates a Jack Eichel cap hit to cap slide hit. in without yeah. any other concerns. I mean, for one I, season. I mean, how fun would the Wild be with Eichel and Kaprizov <laughs> and Fiala? I mean, it would be great. And and they have some defenders, right? You have at least you have Victor Rask, I guess, expiring after next season, right? So you've got some money coming off it'll be tough the reason why i do think the wild are interesting though is a lot of these teams that have been linked to eichel like the ducks for example right you trade away all your good young players to get jack eichel you're just the buffalo sabers right Right. like the wild are one of the very few examples of a team that is good and competitive as currently constructed but that has such an obvious like every team could use jack eichel Totally. But they could so desperately use a top flight center to play with their star wingers that they just don't have right now. Well, and you bundle one of those defenders. You bundle one of those four really good defenders that are still there post suitor, right? Or at Wait, least are you throwing th- are you throwing Carson Susie into He's got value. really good defenders? Okay. Well 
the three that are really good plus the guy with value. And Thomas Jantz is leaving the athletic to announce that he is representing Carson Soucy on <laughs> Hey, Carson Soucy scores and he's big. He's going to have trade value. No, that's, he has trade value, but I don't... I, he's yeah. going to have value. Okay, fine. But you bundle one of those guys with Greenway with well one if, of their big prospects. If you're Buffalo, though, you have to get at least one of Rossi or Boldy. Oh, no, no, no. Of course. Like a first. Rossi, and, then, Boldy, and then like an NHL and player, probably, Honestly, yeah. what about the Russian center, Kusnadinov, yeah. too? Like, yeah. that's a really good prospect. Well, that's the, that's the other thing that makes the Wild an interesting team. They crushed last year's draft so much in terms yeah. of... And the past couple of years, they um, have like... Five or six pretty high-level forward prospects in different levels, right? Yeah. So the reason why I say it's more unlikely they're going to crush. They're going to crush again, probably too. I mean, they do. They have invested in Judd Brackett, their head scout. They ha they have. They know what they're doing. I don't think there's much question about that. The reason why I uh, I like how you threw that in there. The reason why I have to think piss it off makes any it. Fans. It might make them a bit less likely to make a, a trade like that. Um, beyond the fact that adding a $10 million cap hit for that 2022-23 season when you are already so up against it. Like, you'd make it work because Jack Eichel is such a star player and yeah. such a rare uh, opportunity for them to get a player of his caliber. Um, but you do it. I think you just do it. And then if you have to trade your defenders, like, okay, but if he, you have to trade your defenders, if you have to trade Fiala, if you have to, you, like, you do it. Here's you just a, do it and you make you make it work after. Here's the thing, though. Jack Eichel's a shoot-first, ask-questions-later acquisition. I agree. But if you're the wild right now, if you're projecting ahead, which you wouldn't be because you're just going for next season, um, the exact type of players you need are young players on ELCs that That's are cross-controlled because you literally have 18% of your cap not available to you. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you're literally going to be able to pay like seven guys. Yeah. And everyone else is going to have to be yeah. vets or whomever. But you know what? The wild probably feel like the Nick Bukestad experience is instructive, right? <laughs> Because the Nick Bukestad experience is a guy whose, you know, uncle played in the NHL for the North Stars, Minnesota kid, Golden Gophers. He was like Mr. Minnesota State hockey, right? Comes back, has the type of season where he rebuilt enough value, and he is still 6'7", and he's still a guy who can shoot. Like, how much does he get if he's willing to go to UFA? He definitely can get Alex Galchenyuk money. <laughs> No, like he's definitely going to get the, the league minimum. <laughs> no, like what Galchenyuk is going to sign for this next season if he doesn't go back to Toronto. Okay, like he definitely could have got one point five times two. Right, at least. Yeah, at least he probably could have got more. Right, um, because he's catnip for yeah, for, you know, like he's yeah, catnip yeah. for hockey GMs, especially right. as a UFA. Right, um, but he loves Minnesota. Like good fit, had a good time. Like if there's one team that's going to be able to attract a pretty steady flow of, you know opportunistic veterans especially if they're competitive and you have a chance to win yeah it's gonna be minnesota yeah i i i agree i think i could definitely listen to both sides of the argument as wallace prances around with this uh bully, bully stick, stick of his um I, I i could go either way on it i just think that's what makes this such an interesting transaction in terms of the buyouts because it does they really are at a crossroads this season in terms of what they can do financially yeah, I mean, there, it opens up some really good short-term possibilities, but you do wonder. I mean, look, I think you you got to go for Eichel if you can get him. If you're the Wild, like you yeah, got to do it. You're the Minnesota but, Wild. You get Jack Eichel. Yeah, you yeah. got to do it. But man, what a what a tough situation this is going to be. I do think they're going to have a massively difficult time navigating this. And yeah, obviously, obviously, it's just so much money for such a crucial stage of their build in terms of the ages that Fiala. Uh, Eric Sinek and 
Um, obviously, well, and you don't know what Caprizo is making yet. Uh, I think that I think you probably yeah. need to sign that contract first before you commit to another ten million. Well, so here's a good one. Do you try and bridge him now? Mm-hmm. Do you try and bridge him so that you can hurdle? Yeah, that three years of really annoying money. Yeah, I guess that that would be interesting if he has an appetite for that. I yeah. feel like he doesn't. He's only like he, three years away from UFA, though. So right, but he he has the leverage of being a UFA in the sense that he has another bidder. Right. But like, but they they don't pay as much in the K. I know you get other benefits, but come on. No, no, of course. But yeah. if he's inter- if he's even open to the idea of it, then it's it's not your your. Uh, it's, it's not like Matt Barzal where it's like okay, you're getting three times seven because yeah. no one's scared to mess with Lou. Like you're kind you're, of beholden to him. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. And uh, and so no, it's a really tricky one. And and you know what? A fascinating one. It's a fascinating gamble by the Wild. Like it's ballsy. At the very least, you got to give them that. Like this is a ballsy play. Okay. And I'm curious to know. One thing I'd be curious to know is how much of this was ownership driven based on the liability fear and how much of this was a hockey ops decision to turn the page and roll the dice. If it's the former, I think that is a really difficult situation for Bill Guerin to manage. Yeah. If it's the latter, like standing ovation, this is as ballsy as it gets. Yep. Okay. Well, we're going to get, uh, we'll take a quick break here and then we're going to get into the uh, hockey ops inside. Champions aren't born, they're made. And the secret to make your business reign supreme, Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Forget the off-season work, Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling warm-ups or wall hangers, it's time to start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build the relationships that create die-hard fans. Shopify fields all the sales channels to grow a winning business from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. Shopify is a secret to becoming a business champion by making it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere, taking the guesswork out of selling. When you're ready to take your winning idea to the world, team up with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash bluewire, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash bluewire to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash bluewire. Recognize employees with Custom Inc. Show customer appreciation with Custom Inc. Outfit your teams with Custom Inc. Easily add your logo to your favorite products and brands at customink.com. Make Custom Inc. your custom gear partner with great customer service, quality products, and all-in pricing, along with personalized help when you need it and an easy-to-use website when you don't. All backed by a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Do it all today at customink.com. All right, well, let's bring this conversation home then. Let, let's, uh, you you kind of hinted at the, the hockey ops component of it. I want to talk about Suter Parise. Yep. Uh, what they have left in the tank, what the interest like is going to be like for them on the open market come July twenty eighth, um, all that stuff. Because yeah. because I, I you know obviously they're at different stages of their career in terms of the value they provide. But this we've hinted at the the cap, capture penalty. We've kept it at hinted at the expansion draft. Uh, 
the, the flexibility financially for next season. So this isn't purely a, oh, these two guys suck and we want to get them off the team. There's other elements involved. So I want to talk about them as players before mm-hmm. we move on from this conversation. Yeah, and I mean, I left the last segment a little bit open-ended. Like, my big question is how much of this was ownership-driven and how much was Bill Guerin? And I do think the latter, like, I do think it was mostly Bill Guerin having big brass ones. Uh, I also think a big part of it was cultural. Like, I do think a big part of it was uh, turning the page for the Wild. Um, like, I think that's the lion's share of it, to be totally honest with you. Uh, also, we almost made it through the entire first segment without hearing from Wallace, but then he just couldn't take the Kaprizov to the KHL speculation. He'd just miss him so much on, you know, Game Center Live. <laughs> um, Suter, you know, I get, I get that a lot of people will want to see him go play on a contending team, like play second pair for a really, really good team. Yep. Um, personally, I want to see him go to a bad team. I want to go see... I want to see Ryan Suter go play 26 minutes again. Like, I want to see him conserve energy and just only work when he has a chance to eliminate plays like he used to do when he played a million minutes. Like, yep. it was a latter-day Adrian Coin. I, I want to see Ryan Suter wear the C for the Detroit Red Wings. That's my take here. Ryan Suter, Troy Stetcher, top pair. Let's go. I, I, I think that... Suter made. Uh, they both did. They both made eighty-eight million dollars over the past nine years, and and uh, another eight hundred and thirty-three k to come for how many years? Yes, Eight? yeah. Th- I think they're okay financially. I think for <laughs> both of them, the motivating factor is going to be trying to win a cup. I think, especially with Suter, we can talk about Prezi more here in a minute. I think Suter is going to have no shortage of of teams lining mm-hmm. up, especially like I talked about this a lot on the, on the Keith uh, episode, but. People are going to talk themselves into, all right, this guy was playing too much at this stage of his career. His previous team wasn't able to insulate him. If we can bring this guy in, we have a much better team. We're going to play him less and get more out of those minutes. I buy it, especially like for Suter was for such a long period of his career when he was playing 28, 29 minutes. It'd be like, he makes it look effortless, but almost in a bad way because it looks like he's literally not putting in effort on some shifts because he knows he's going to play 33 minutes tonight. Right. And if he was playing 24 minutes, would he exert more effort on those shifts? Because I know he's capable of it. And, uh, and it was always one of those great questions where you'd ask, cause we don't, we still haven't figured out what the point of diminishing returns is for ice time for defensemen. Um, where do you want to see him go then? What's your ideal Ryan Suter fit? I mean, it's hilarious that if Edmonton had waited one day, Oh, it's incredible. They could it's have so just good. gotten him for no assets. But would he would he go to Well, that's the thing, Edmonton. yeah. But I'm sure whatever contract he signs is going to be less than 5.75 per oh, yeah. or whatever Duncan sure. Keith is making per year um, over the next two years. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I've heard Montreal link to him, bring him back with Shea Weber. Um, oh, I, I think I think that I, would not be that would that's that's one of those you can't go home again. Like that would not yeah. be the experience that it was the first time when they were both like plus skaters. That yeah. would not be what I want to see. No. Yeah, a, a pass on that. Could he be an instant replacement for Adam Graves if Graves goes to the Ryan, Kraken? Ryan Graves. What did I say? Adam Graves. Is is that his dad? I don't think. Really <laughs> um, Ryan Graves. Could he be? Uh, could he be an exact replacement for Ryan Graves in the event that uh, Graves goes to the Kraken? Suter uh, becomes the Avalanche. Um, becomes the Avalanche like. You know, second pair lefty. You yeah, see that. Yeah, well, that would be a good chance for him to try to win a cup for sure. Right, I, I could see that. What about Dallas? Jamie Alexiak leaves. He, right, he fills in with Heiskanen. That yeah, could, that would be good. Yeah, I mean, he so he played twenty two eleven this year, which was the first time since oh seven oh eight that he hasn't played at least twenty four minutes. Right, which is like and some a of those wild departure for him. Yeah, and uh, but it's tough to know because I do think 
he's a superior player at this stage of his career to um, Duncan Keith. I think he has more left in the tank. I think that playing 22 to 22 minutes, 20 to 22 minutes a night, a team could get more out of him. At the same time, though, um, he was in a good spot with Minnesota in terms of defense partners and system. And I'm not sure. It's tough to evaluate how much he actually has left in the tank because I feel like, especially going to a different team, it's going to put him in a different spot. I don't know what he has left. Well, that's kind of why I like the Detroit fit, mostly because I like him with Stetcher. Like, I like him with a defensive-oriented righty. Like, I do think you need to put him in a matchup spot, uh, like a matchup-ish top-four spot to get the most out of him because one of the things that he's for sure going to bring you is still, like, that high-end brain in terms of decision-making. Right. But I do think he needs to play with, a like, a puck-moving shutdown guy. Yeah. And, I mean, you're not going to find a ton of those who are right-handed in the NHL. No, I mean, so, if you look at it, he, he was crushing it for a long time with, like, Jared Spurgeon. And then and now it's like, well, now How unique is Spurgeon? Yeah. Right? So, I, I mean, how many situations can we really manufacture where you're going to put him in a spot like that for a low-tempo, shutdown-ish team that has the right right-handed guy for him? Um, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe the Rangers, maybe you could play with Fox. Uh, but, but again, like you're not, I don't think the list is long of like really good fits and, and quietly, I kind of think Detroit might be one of them. I love this take. So I was not expecting it. I was like, I was thinking of like cup contenders that could, they right. could use them and, and, but still play a meaningful role. I don't think yeah. he, he wants to go somewhere, play 16 minutes on a third pair where he's getting healthy scratched. Like he, I think he has more left in the tank than that, right. but, but go play, go. I mean, if, if I'm Detroit, I'm offering them like a big a big two-year deal and with the hopes that I'm going to get a, get something out of him, have him pass along some like veteran leadership stuff and then, and then trade him with double retention. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's like my goal. Yeah. Well, I think he's going to have enough of a market where he's definitely going to be able to curate whatever he wants. Totally. I don't think he'll, he's going to be like just jumping at the first offer he gets, no. but Parise is almost a, a less interesting conversation for me. I do think he surprisingly, I think he scored seven goals in like 46 games last year. He's also a year removed from a two-year stretch where he scored 28 goals in 74 games two, three years ago, two years ago, 25 and 69, which is nice, nice total. Very he can nice. definitely still score. He scored 22 power play goals over those two years. He scored zero this past season. His usage was cut. His shooting percentage was cut in half. He fell out of favor. He was being healthy scratched. Right. That speaks to like the culture thing you were saying, totally. resetting, where it was, it was a tough situation for everyone involved yeah. uh, given his stature. I just think it's boring in terms of fit because it's like he's going to the Islanders, right? Like Lou is all over this. He sure. wanted to trade for him while he was making seven point five per. I know. And how 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 unfortunate for the uh, Minnesota Wild that that deal fell apart, right? I mean, they'd be in a much better spot if that had gone through. Um, would Lou have still beat Breezebois twice for GM of the year? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Uh, anyway, the oh, Parise is going to go to the Islanders and score like twenty goals next totally. season, playing no, like thirteen well, minutes a night. No, no, no. I, th- I disagree with that. He would have scored thirteen goals, but he would have been great in the playoffs. Yeah. Um. But the yeah, I mean, for me, Parise is a a pure bottom six guy, yeah. but a bottom six guy who, if you can play him on PP one, like if you've got a spot on PP one, uh, I think that he can help you for sure. Um. Yeah. But that that's an that's Islanders all day. All day, right? Like, has to be. Uh, especially if he's willing to play for, you know, bargain basement. Because I, I don't think we're making enough of just how fucked the wild, the, the New York Islanders are. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, I saw, I saw everyone was excited that Arthur Staple reported that Nick Letty could be available, right? Nick Letty making 5.5 right. 5 for one more year. It's like Nick Letty could be available on the secondary market after he's bought out. Yeah. Right? Like, that's how dire this is. I, I mean, I don't think, you know, I saw two... 
my athletic colleague Pierre Lebrun tweet and it had like 400 retweets people very excited by the news that matt duchene could be left exposed in the expansion draft yeah i think people just don't follow the league right i was like is this not the most obvious like this is obvious this is i've i it's not i would be surprised if ryan johansson wasn't also exposed in the expansion process. yeah because seattle's not going to take either of those guys no exactly why would you yeah. why would you protect them and uh and so you know i don't know that people have paid close enough attention to the islanders to realize like they're at the cap Tito Beauvillier and Ilya Sorokin and um, Adam Pellick. No. Yeah. Adam Pellick are yep. all up. They're all RFAs. So how are they, how are they getting those guys resigned? Well, they're going to have to clear some space. Like don't be shocked if Varlamov is exposed to the Kraken, right? Like yep. there's going to be big names available on big hits. And so, yeah, I mean, Parise would fit the bill for them as like a rebuild your value bet. Like, um, you know, a low end version of Komarov effectively. Yeah. Okay, well, let's let's bring this home then with low end with, in terms of price, not in terms of quality of player. Let's let's bring this home then talking about the expansion draft because it, it's a perfect tie-in to what we've been talking about. But also, you know, in 2017, the Wild basically gift wrapped Alex Tuck to Vegas because yep. they didn't want them around any of their defensemen. Right. And then this year, I wonder how much of a motivating factor it was, but also they just didn't want Matt Dumba to go. But if then they if they retain four of their defensemen, yep. then they're gonna let a, a decent forward that they view as an asset go this way at least now they open the two protection slots a very comfortable seven three one in terms of who they're going to protect no issues there um but it, it does make me kind of think about other moves we're going to see like that to get ahead of it what we're talking about with arvidson as well like you know the abs for example it came out today i remember for a while people were like oh they're going to lose devon daves because they're right. going to have to protect eric johnson it's like mm, yeah like they've already that. figured this out i think i don't think they traded two seconds and then Signed Devontae's thinking it was a one-year thing. Totally. Like it's, so, um, and then I guess we can talk about the Canucks here as well because I was looking at, I was playing around on Cap Friendly with their uh, protection list, and then I was like, this is embarrassing that this is an NHL huh. team. There are not, there's like four, maybe five skaters that are worth protecting depending on your mileage of Tanner Pearson. Yeah, well, once you get to the Canucks, you start to be like, well, I don't think they'd take... Cole Lind, they'd probably take Jonah Gadjevich because he's waiver exempt next year. And it's like by the time you get into that level of discussion, it's like this team, this team's not has no concerns. They have zero defensemen currently worth protecting. I know they should. So they should be adding. Um, well, they should be adding, right? Like they should be finding a team, and they're trying. Yeah, but I don't think they're happy with the prices. And but I don't think they're not happy with the prices, and they think that uh, the idea that there's teams poised to lose a player for nothing in expansion and happy to monetize if they can like they think that hasn't come to pass and so in terms of where they're at I, I mean I think they're trying like I still think they're trying to add a piece but they really have to like they really have to this is such a unique opportunity and right now they're poised to protect Tyler Mott Matthew Highmore Yolevi Myers and maybe Nate Schmidt who they also might trade this week and it's just like yikes like you have to you have to be able to use an opportunity like this to, and, and honestly, to do more than just add a piece from a team with an expansion crunch, but also to offload money. Yeah. Like those are, those are sort of the two priorities. They really have to get one of them done um, in the next little bit here. Like they really have to at least, if, <laughs> if they can't add a guy, if they can't spend their second round pick to add a guy before the freeze, then they definitely have to spend that second round pick to get off some bad money. Yeah. At the very least. Otherwise, what I mean, we, man. Otherwise, what do we even do here? A peek behind the curtain. You've for literally six weeks now. You've been like, 
pitching me on Mason Appleton ideas. Oh, I'm, I'm contractually obligated Warren at this Fogel. point to mention Mason Appleton in every radio hit I do. Yeah. Warren Fogel. I don't even think Warren Fogel would be expensive. Like, Warren Fogel might be a secondary market guy. So, like, I think you can get him for nothing because they might not He's not going to be protected. Him. Well, they might not even qualify him. Not right. only is he not going to be protected, yeah. even if he's not left unprotected and Seattle prefers Jake Bean, and he still might go unqualified. Yeah. Like, there's... It's... In, it's it's wild. I mean, that's exactly. And the he'll type instantly of... become the fifth best player that Canucks can protect. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not you're not all the way wrong there. Like, you're joking, but you're not. No, I'm joking, but it's funny because it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because. It, and if it's not quite true, it has the virtue. No, of being it's true. true. Come on, man. Like Tanner Pearson is not in terms of like protection as an asset. As an asset, no. But but if I have to win a game tomorrow, well, I probably take. Pat why Tanner are you Pearson. trying to win a game tomorrow? I'm not. The Canucks. No, obviously I'm not. Yeah. So so you, for sure, I'm just saying that's that's the type of take I can just see like old hockey guys snarling at. So yeah. I figured I'd come in and and I like. It. I don't know why I'm assuaging them. Um. All right. Well, I I think that's it. I think that was a good. Yeah. Uh, nice we we tied recap. in. It wasn't necessarily just about the wild. We got to talk about the league yeah. as well. Plug some stuff. What uh, what are you working on? We talked about the Canucks and the expansion draft. Yeah. You've got a lot of good stuff cooking up. Yeah, so. got an agent's poll at The Athletic on the subject of Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson's second contract. A, a good hearty debate between five veteran contract negotiators for, for the uh, purposes of entertaining and, and you know informing our VIPs. Tomorrow I've got a piece on side deals coming at The, uh, at the Athletic. Uh, some concepts from the last time out that the Canucks might consider especially as they look to move off some money. And then I've got um, a Kent Johnson feature for later this week on the Michigan, uh, the Port Moody, Michigan-based uh, player. Definitely going to go in the top 10, might go even higher. I, I I mean, one of the most unique players in the draft and a really interesting kid with a really interesting story. So uh, lo- looking forward to running that one. Well, this was a blast, man. I'm glad yeah. we got to basically just click record on the conversations we're having yeah, on a seriously. daily basis. Now let's go. Let's go to the beach. Yeah, we're going to go to the beach. We're going to have a great time, and <laughs> we'll have you back on the show sometime here soon. So uh, look forward to it. Enjoy, man. Cheers. Thanks, Brett. The Hockey Pedio Cast with Dmitri Filipovich. Follow on Twitter at Dim Filipovich and on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash hockeypediocast. Thank you.